0: What's up y'all and welcome to Leadership with LaToya for Leaders on the growth. We're excited to bring you our second episode in our instructional leadership series. Last week, we got you ready for what we're going to be talking about. So school principals, if you're out there, we hope you're listening. We think you can learn something to improve your instructional leadership. And if you're a leader in any field, we believe there's something you can glean or connect to in what we're getting ready to talk about today, the power of professional learning communities. But our show and podcast wouldn't be what it is without Our co-host Mike Wakesness. Hey, Mike.
1: What's up,
0: Latoya? Nothing much. How uh, how's it going?
1: it's going great you know uh, we are both really excited to get talking about the core of instructional leadership and professional learning communities. so I cannot wait to get started
0: yeah me too you know when we were talking about where we wanted to start with this series and and the various topics we were going to tackle I thought it was important for us to talk about professional learning communities first because you know anytime you're trying to implement something um, it's important you have the right structures in place and you have have, uh, the right conditions present to be able to implement that uh, and set yourself up for success so in many many ways i feel like professional learning communities can help um, set you up for success and create a structure of consistency in looking uh, at student work and knowing how students are performing and making really really informed decisions about where to go next um, when you think about professional learning communities, what do you? What's at the core of that? What comes to mind first for you?
1: Well, first I want to say, you know, PLCs are something that have been around for a long time, and anyone in education certainly knows the term professional learning community. But on this, on the other side of that, we have seen this implemented a million different ways, and lots of times what. We hear of a PLC or what teachers talk about with a PLC or even principals talk about when they talk about PLCs is not really a professional learning community at all. So maybe uh, we could start with some of the the key components, like you mentioned, but also some of the things that a PLC uh, is not. For instance, lots of times we see schools mixing up professional development and professional learning communities. So if you're a principal and you have your teachers coming in once a week or once a month or whatever it is to learn about some new strategy, that might certainly have some worth, but that is certainly not a PLC. What about meeting with
0: your, hey Mike, what about this? What if you meet with your grade level or department? chairs and you go over all the important announcements and events for the month is that a professional learning community
1: yeah no that's not a professional learning community and again that might be important to collaborate over those things but that could probably be done by a by email or something of that effect certainly not a professional learning community Okay, but let me ask you this question. What about if you get together with your teachers on your team and you talk about all the horrible behavior and um, all the unprepared students all those things. Is that a PLC. I don't
0: think so. I think that's called uh, um, CC a chronic complainer uh, complaining group. So that's, I think that's a CCG. I say, I think they got their letters mixed up. I'm I might be wrong. Hey Mike, what if you get together with your grade level? Let's say you're in an elementary school and when you come together, you're all looking at instructional materials you might use to teach uh, a particular topic or a set of standards.
1: We're well, getting closer. You're getting closer. So at the heart of a professional learning community is a group of teachers that are looking for ways to drive their instruction. So really to drive their collective inquiry and action research. And as you should know, everyone, there are four main questions to a PLC. The first one, and this is what your group, when your teachers get together, this is what they're asking. This is guiding their work. Number one, what is it that we want students to learn? In other words, what are the essential standards? Number two, how will we know if they learned it? Because if you don't know if they're learning it or not, you have no idea if you're meeting your goals or if if your students are meeting their goals. Number three, what will we do if they do not learn the information? That's a tough one. And number four, this is really tough what will we do if they already know the information because you know sometimes you have students in your classroom that know the information before you even start presenting it so so those are the the four main questions LaToya and I don't know maybe we could break down each of those questions
0: yeah I was kind of thinking the same thing so Mike let's start with the first one and I think there are some really great practical examples of that what is it that we that students need to know and be able to do what is it that we want students to learn what do you think you know are the practices that leaders could put in place, or should things they should be looking for, what does that look like and sound like in terms of instructional leadership?
1: Well, I think first is setting the time aside for your teachers, because if your teachers have 60 minutes of planning, or 20 minutes of planning, or 90 minutes of planning, it's not gonna be enough to do PLCs correctly. You're gonna have to find time somehow to give your teachers to work on PLCs. And the first question, what do we want students to learn, you know, looking at the essential standards. One, of course, your teacher should be teaching off the standards. Um, so that's the first step, and Lajoya and I have been Im- you know, a place where that was a challenge, where the first thing we had to do is make sure our teachers were teaching on standards. So as crazy as that sounds, that's the first thing you have to be looking for. But then really working with your teachers to hone down the amount of standards, because there's probably too many to really teach well. So coming up with the essential standards, and what a great practice for your teachers to go through, to talk about, to have conversations, and really get at the heart of what it is they want their students to know. Yes,
0: yeah, so I would agree with that. And I wanna say that this particular part of the process, can take a very long time. It's not something that can happen in a series of grade level meetings or a series of department meetings. I mean, if you think about it, Mike, when we worked together in the same building, it was something we worked on for an entire year. Just having our teachers first begin by looking at the standards and being sure they understood the level of rigor that was required for students to truly be able to demonstrate mastery of the concepts they were supposed to be learning. And then having them think about how do I assess that? How do I instruct at that level so that I ensure that my teaching is aligned to what the standard is asking students to do? That sounds very, very simplified, but that is a process that takes a lot of practice on the behalf of the teacher and teacher teams who are working in these collective inquiry groups and a lot of feedback from the principal or instructional leader or instructional coach. Uh, so I, w- I wanted to be sure to get that out there because I think sometimes this whole thing about knowing what Students should be able to do, gets mixed up in do you have an I can or I will statement? I mean, I, it makes me think about how much time we spent working on not just our teachers having an objective, but an objective that students could articulate and understood that by the end of the lesson, uh, here's what I'm supposed to be able to do or should have learned.
1: Certainly. And, and one thing I want to Uh, pull out of what you said you said having a principal or an instructional coach in there during the process Principals, it's not enough to say hey teachers I want you to do this for some teachers that may be you know more than enough they might be experts already but really you need to get in there uh, in my opinion and I know in your opinion also LaToya you need to get in there and be the instructional leader and you're not going to know all the standards so we're not telling you you have to be a content specialist in physics but you do need to be an expert in helping teachers go through their standards and determine what is most effective and to make sure that they are on standards. So this is going to take a lot of involvement from administration and also that really hones you in as an instructional leader.
0: Just to talk about something that we put in practice related to this, Mike, that I think really helped us and gave us a handle on where to go next is if you'll remember when we first uh, got to our school, we did a series of walkthroughs to sort of calibrate our feedback and get an assessment of what instruction looked like in our building. And I can remember us discussing after doing several walkthroughs over the course of several weeks and thinking, okay, there's a grave uh, disconnect between what the standards say students should know and be able to do. and what's being taught in the classroom, and not necessarily in that people were totally teaching something different, but the level of rigor and expectation um, and the understanding of what the core most essential parts of those things were, uh, was th- that was a real challenge for us, and so I remember us creating those three-ring binders that had the standards and then had the essential uh, items, you know, where we were, the state that we were working in had a set of essential items that sort of pulled out for teachers of those standards here's what's most critical Um, and so we were able to help teachers do a powerful pedagogical practice which is focus on the critical content and you're right because when people try to do everything the quality of what they're doing is gravely reduced
1: Certainly. And here's a challenge for you listeners, too. If you have experienced teachers that have been doing this forever, we had all of our teachers bring their standards, either printed out or on the computer, but mostly printed out with the actual standards, because sometimes the teacher, and myself included in this, when I was teaching, I know I was guilty of this, so I'm certainly not talking down about teachers, but sometimes... You think you know exactly what the standard says, but you might be off by a verb or two. And that completely changes the context of what the students should be demonstrating they understand. So so no matter where your teachers are in the stages of uh, their teaching career and their expertise and their PLC expertise, have them have the standards out while they are planning so that way they can know for sure exactly what it is the standard is asking the students know.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, Mike, I was just thinking... You know, uh, at the beginning of this conversation, we talked a lot about misconceptions. Well, I'd be interested to see, you know, when I was talking about principals going into classrooms and sort of assessing how aligned the instruction is to the standards, to get a feel for, is this a question that they really need to start with and tackle, uh, or is this something that their school pretty much has a handle on? I will say for us, and I think you'd agree with me, in the majority of schools that we've been in, it's not something that's solid school-wide. it's something that definitely needed some uh enhancement enrichment and improvement um I was thinking, though, in in some of our conversation, you know, we've talked about building standard notebooks for your teachers or having them have them out, and they also should should have those out when they're thinking about choosing assessments, because they want to make sure the assessment is actually challenging students in the same way that the standard says they have to be able to to master the material. Um, I, I found that you know in that question what is it that students should know and be able to do that's a a very complex and layered question and while that sounds simple you know here's what the standard says teachers need practice in designing learning uh, activities and instruction that really gets at the heart of what that standard is I'm wondering if you think um, because it can be difficult I know when we work together we did our very best and we were in PLC's Um, every every PLC, and we, we carved out time on purpose during the school day for our teachers to meet together, and we saw some really powerful results as a result of that. How would you advise a principal who hasn't even begun to think about this, where do they start?
1: I think first is educating themselves, Um, learning all you can about PLC. There's a wonderful website, All Things PLC, uh, that's kind of a primer if you have not really gone down this road yet, but hopefully you have, and if you're not, we really encourage you to do so. And, you know, even if you think your teachers are spot on with the essential standards, they need to go through that process each year because they need to work with their team, their PLC, to determine what they think at that time are the most essential standards. And that will change based off of the teachers if you are, you know, if you have turnover in your staff, which um, we almost always do. But going through that process is really powerful. Even if the teacher thinks they know exactly what standards, exactly how they're going to do it, encourage them to go through that process because there's a lot of value. They are uh, working on their collective efficacy with their team to determine what is best. So so the product is important, but also the process is just as important in my opinion.
0: Wow, Mike, that's an excellent point. You could not be more right. The process is very powerful because it allows us to really engage teachers in a cognitive manner about the work. I find when I hear folks sometimes talk about PLCs, it sounds more like a meeting where lots of announcements are made. Or maybe Certainly. someone's talking about a new tech tool that can be used. Or perhaps everybody's gathered to uh, review or, or look at some data, but not a lot of conversation that's really essential in those core questions. I would suggest in addition to the standards notebook and and, and educating yourself and reading those four questions, that if you're at a stage in your instructional leadership where you're able to do this, having a sort of protocol for PLC and a set of norms that say, we're gonna address this core question of a professional learning community. What is it that students should know and be able to do? And using that to guide the conversation. As Mike said, there are lots of resources on the All Things PLC website by Solution Tree. Um, It's our go-to strategy. I mean, when folks ask us what is it they should do to try to improve their school, we talk to them about professional learning communities. Um, I I, I think there are lots of things folks could do if they start. So, Mike, what would you say would be uh, probably one of the biggest challenges that a principal might run into uh, in trying to start this new process or really hone in on this process in their school?
1: I think one of the challenges would be resistance if teachers are not crystal clear on the mission and Uh, really focus of the school. So also on the Leadership with Latoya website, there's a lot of documents that we use because um, what I do not recommend is for you to tomorrow send an email to your teachers and say, okay, we're going to do professional learning communities. Here are the four questions. Go at it. It's really a step-by-step process, and we have some great documents on the website for you where, you know, first you really have to set this out as a mission and a vision. The first thing we did when we went to our school together is we worked with teachers on that. We didn't just come up with a mission and say, this is what." it's going to be. We worked with teachers, you know, we kind of guided the ship, but we let everyone agree on that together. And then it kind of goes from there. It's setting a mission, it's setting a vision, having some structures in place. I know we're going to do a couple episodes on the elements of an effective lesson document. but really going through that and having some focus. So you have your central standards. And really the next question is, I don't know if we're going to have a whole lot of time in this episode, but how will we know if students learned it? And a lot of times you need to have common assessments to do that. And sometimes we run into some pushback when we want teacher teams to develop common assessments and not pull from an assessment bank, but really going through that process again of developing common assessments, making it through with your team, that can be a challenge. And we could probably spend 10 episodes on that if we wanted to.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, folks, we hope that we've given you something to think about around professional learning communities. We certainly can't do this concept just, justice in one episode. So in the next episode, we'll be talking more about those next two questions uh, that we mentioned out of the four core questions of a professional learning community. But we'll hope you leave and you'll explore perhaps all things PLC, that maybe you will do an analysis or an assessment of the classrooms uh, where you're the principal to determine, make some determinations, or some assessment of how closely aligned the instruction is to the actual standards that are to be taught and kind of get an idea and a picture about whether or not this would be a good starting point for your school to enhance your instructional leadership. Uh, As Mike said, please make sure you visit our website. It's LatoyaDixon5.com or you can Google Leadership with Latoya. Under free tools and resources you'll find lots of things that are referenced during the podcast. Until next time folks, be you, Be true. Be a hope builder. This is Leadership with LaToya for Leaders on the Grow.